Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from the Dub Podcast Connection Loop. And today I am with Bryn Tillman. And Bryn comes to us with a host of knowledge, of insight, of actionable advice on how to take these amazing connections, these requests, these human beings that we get on LinkedIn and actually turning those into real meaningful conversations, which ultimately can turn into clients or friends or supporters, followers, so many different opportunities that start on the LinkedIn platform. So Bryn, just give us a a little bit of a a bio here, a little backstory, and let's get into this. Hi, Ruben. Thanks so much for having me. I am a recovering sales trainer who Mm. found the magic of LinkedIn now well over a decade ago Mm -hmm. and recognized it solved my number one problem, which is I hated to cold call. I loved sales. I loved the people part of it. I loved the conversations. But the hardest thing was to get that first conversation. At least it was for me. And a lot of my clients say the same thing. If I could just get a call. And so LinkedIn did a few things. And when I found it immediately, I recognized the power behind it. So a couple of of things. Well, number one, we could go get directly to someone and engage without gatekeepers. That was pretty cool. Number two, we could see who in our network knew who we wanted to get in front of. We could map out a pathway to our buyers. That was absolutely magic. And number three, when you did connect and engage with someone, it was so much more powerful than leaving a voicemail or an email because they could look at your profile and get a whole lot more than just a 15 second, hey, you know, just calling you to see if you want to work with me, right? So, so those those immediately resonated with me, and I thought, man, this is a game changer when it comes to business development. There's there's just one problem here. Okay, what's the problem? The problem is that by doing this, we have to put ourselves out there. Mm. We gotta turn that video on. We gotta share information from our our deepest secrets and 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 re, and realities of our life. How do we if if we can't get over that? How do we solve that problem? So number one, like when you sign on to be in a business development role, that's Mm. like sort of part of it, right? Okay. But but, but that that aside, there are still reluctant salespeople. It's just, and they're in that job. And maybe they're fabulous when they get on the first call, but getting Mm. that first call is the challenge, right? So how do you get past that? Well, the first thing you have to do is recognize that there is a human being on the other side of that message. You know, it's, it's very, so treat that human on the other side of the message as you would if they were on the other side of the table. Mm. It's not any different. It may be a little bit of a different mechanism, but the building rapport and bringing value and building real relationships doesn't change because you're on social media. Mm-hmm. It's still humans, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and, and I'm going to quote one of my favorites, um, Michael Port, who wrote Book Yourself Solid, and he owns Heroic Public Speaking with his wife, Amy, said something that was revolutionary for me, especially you, you mentioned 
giving away my stuff, my proprietary stuff. I keep it close to my chest. And if you don't pay me tens of thousands of dollars, you don't get to know. <laughs> right? right. Well, here, here. So his, my favorite quote from him is give away so much value that you're afraid that you gave too much mm. and then give more. Mm. If they can't, first of all, if they can do it based on you sharing insights, good for them. Most of them can't. Mm. And corporate visions told us in a study that 74% of buyers choose the sales rep that was first to provide value and insights. Three quarters of our sales are people that love the value we brought. It's not price. It's not rate. It's not all those things that you think it is. It's not. It's about you being a resource early on in the sales process. That's what gets them to choose you. And some way, and sometimes it gets them to never even shop anywhere else. Mm. It's <laughs> it's that loyalty factor. I you know, I I connect to this on multiple levels. Um, you know, I'll even add, I'll contribute something that can make it even more tangible, which is Maya Angelou once said that it's not what you say, it's not how you say it, it's how you make them feel. Yeah. You know, it's how we feel as consumers. It's how that person, that guide, that supporting advocate made us feel in that process. And if we're if we're suffering something from something and we need someone to coach us, to guide us, to provide a solution that saves us money, makes us money, makes our lives easier, then we build that connection. We build that loyalty. And and I think that that's that's so profound. And I think that the the idea of not being afraid of giving away proprietary information is is everything because it's not the information that people are connecting to it's us and no one can replicate us anyone can steal our information they can copy our books but they can't be us and it's the way that we make them feel yeah so so there are five things when it comes to content your profile your messaging that you kind of want to hit when it comes to linkedin right there are mm. five things. first and, and there's an internal debate now, one and two, which one comes first? I'm going to start with where we are traditionally, they may shift. Number one, resonate with your buyer. They need to know immediately that you are in their realm, that you are, you know, that you're part of their community environment, whatever that is. So resonate. They go, yep. Number two, create curiosity. So now they're like, okay, they work with people like me. Now I'm leaning in and I'm curious. What, what creates curiosity? What gets me to go, hmm, I want to keep reading. I want to learn more, right? Number three, teach them something new. Here, there is so much information out there. And in fact, one of the biggest problems we have is we are overfeeding our network with information, but starving them of value. And if we're not teaching them something new, there's no value in it for them. Number four. Wow, nice. Get them thinking differently about their current situation, right? So now I'm thinking different. I, I learned something new. How does that relate to me in my world? How do, do you know, now am I fantasizing about what different looks like, what new looks like, what it could be if. Right. So that's get them thinking differently. And number five is lead them to your solution, not with your solution. Now that may seem backwards, but when you lead with your solution, it's a pitch. We help companies just like yours, right? That's leading with. 
But leading to is, you know, if you're exploring insights, if you're looking for happy to share additional, um, happy to share additional things that can help you out, right? Or um, I have additional insights that um, might be able to help you even if we don't work together, right? It's not a pitch. It's I want to continue to help you, continue to help you lead to, they'll raise their hand. And so here's the thing that we know. If we provide enough value, if we bring enough insights to the table, we begin to build relationships and the sales will come when the time is right. Mm. Well, and just to take this kind of full circle is that I think one of one of your catalysts on your origin story that led you to this philosophy is that you didn't like cold calling. Right. And I understand that. And I don't think anyone likes it. They like the results. They like what right. happens as, a, as an outcome of that. And I think what's really interesting is by nature, cold calling is not it's not providing value up front. It's chasing <laughs> and it's getting someone to finally remove their defenses and actually listen to the listen to the pitch. But it's all about the chase in the beginning. And I think this strategy, it it solves that problem. It just it just takes time. Well, so, you know, it's interesting. It does take time. And in fact, it, I believe in my soul that we have to slow down our outreach to speed up our outcome. Hmm. Right? Like we could, it, can cold calling work? 100% can work. It's worked for years and years and years. It worked for me back in the early 90s. It absolutely can work. Is it the most effective use of our time with the highest ROI? I don't believe it is. You know, I believe that when you can purposefully start conversations, and there are lots of ways to do it. We can do it with content, and we can do it with referrals, and we can do it with permission to name drop, coming in at a higher level of credibility. So, um, you know, I do believe that social selling is, you know, one piece of the whole pie, but it definitely can it can make that top of the funnel that first conversation so much more fun even though it is a longer outreach i mean we could go into linkedin and go connect 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 and then we have you know 75 new connections that are our target market we're like oh we've got leads those are leads right, right? That's cold calling on linkedin that's not effective either so again, I know that, that you have this up, which I love. Slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome. Yeah, and then what, what do you think makes someone want to get into that um, slightly aggressive, maybe more private environment where they want to bang out the leads, they want to burn them and churn them? Where does that come from? Is that a scarcity mindset? Is that yeah. is that greed? What is that? So I don't think it's greed. So I think there it, there is definitely a desperation, particularly mm. now. Um, when it's really hard in combination with it's a, a powerful and painful word, but an ignorance. Like, I don't think most cold callers on LinkedIn are abusive people, <laughs> right? Mm. Um, but it, it is, it does come out of like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know a better way. So if I throw enough on the wall, some will stick. And, you know, people, do they get some results? Sure. But it's a lot of, of wasted energy to create the first conversation. And so your outreach, you might go bam, 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 bam. But the time to first conversation is so much longer. So let's just look at 
And, and by the way, when you connect and pitch, we, we love to call that pitch slapping. When you connect and pitch someone, you know, you get deleted. You're at such a low level of credibility. But let's say uh, you get you you notice a client knows eight or nine people that you'd like to connect with, and you run the names by them. You have a conversation. And they say these four would be great for you. You can either ask for introductions or permission to name drop. So you know, Ruben, would it be okay when I reach out to these four people that I mentioned you're my client and that you've had such successes, and your clients are mostly going to say yes, right? So we reach out to four of them. Say, hey, I was talking with Ruben the other day. Your name came up in our conversation. And he thought I should reach out and introduce myself. I've been working with him for a couple of years on X, Y, and Z. Um, I'd love to connect and I'll fill you in. So now we connect and 50% of them will turn into phone calls. When you, when you slow down the outreach, you have the conversation with your client or your your shared connection. You know, and, and so... It might be 20, 25 minutes of outreach to get two calls. So you might be, well, I could have connected with 50 people in 25 minutes. But would they be two calls at a high level of credibility that we're, you know, they're coming in, taking your call because your shared connection set to. It's, it's a game changer. So can you map that out for me a little bit? If you what? have an existing client or if you have an existing connection, how is it how how can you do that in a graceful way where you you connect with a mutual connection for the prospect of of business map, map that out for me what are some options yeah so the first thing is start with your your the people that love you the most right just start with your warmest 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 people so maybe it's someone that has referred business to you before maybe it's someone who um you know, a client that you just saved hundreds of thousands of dollars or made hundreds of thousands or whatever. And they're like, oh my God, we love you, right? And let's start with a client for a second. We would normally say in a regular sales environment, oh, Ruben, I am so glad we've been able to help you solve X. Do you know anyone else that could use our products and services the same way you did? And you know what our clients say? Hmm, I can't think of anyone right now, but if someone should ask, I would absolutely refer you, right? So that doesn't work well. It does work occasionally. That's why we keep asking for referrals. But you're not, you know, your connections are not top of mind and you may have thousands of connections, right? So before I ask you for that referral, I mine your connections. I go to LinkedIn, I click on your 500 plus, I, I go into all filters. I wanna see what CEOs you know in the greater Philadelphia area in, training industry or whatever it is where we learn how to map out exactly who we want to meet. And lo and behold, Ruben knows 17 people that meet that criteria. So now the conversation I have is Ruben, I hope you don't mind. I'm so glad we've been able to help you do X, Y, and Z. I hope you don't mind. I noticed you're connected to 17 people or a bunch of people. You don't have to give a number that I'm going to be reaching out to in the next few weeks. So listen to the words really carefully. Not, I'm connected to 17 people I'd like you to introduce me to. Can I run these names by you? They're going to be like, whoa, I don't have time for that. But I'm connected to a bunch of people that I'm going to be reaching out to in the next couple of weeks. Can I run these names by you and get your insights before I do? Now your guard comes down. There's not this, oh my God, she's going to ask me to introduce her to all of these people. So 17 becomes eight, right? I don't remember... Six of them, right? You know, these aren't good. Eight. 
Now, I want to read my client well and say, could I ask for one or two introductions? Mm. Or are they exceptionally busy and I don't want to put them out? So let's say you're exceptionally busy and I don't want to put that on you. You know, Ruben, thank you so much for the insights on these eight. I'm really excited to have conversations with them. When I reach out to them, is it okay that I mention that you've been my client and what we've done with you and that you thought it made sense for me to reach out? At that point in the conversation, I have never heard anyone say no. Mm. Sure. They're relieved that you didn't ask for the introduction. Right. So now I reach out and I know Stacy, Ruben and I were chatting the other day. I've been working with him for a couple of years on X, Y, and Z. And he thought I should, your name came up and he thought I should reach out and introduce myself. Let's connect and, and I'll loop you in on what we were chatting about. Connect with eight, four become conversations. Simply because you, you're of your name. Not mm. even because they're interested yet in me. So just a quick little story. Um, one of my favorite stories, because they're still a client, and I love this, uh, you know, probably nine years later, is my client at the time, uh, Rob Petcove, owned a, an insurance agency. He was my client, and he was connected to Rob Curley at TD Bank, and I wanted TD Bank. I had been prospecting TD Bank. It was a big whale, and Rob Curley was my but he's who I wanted to get in front of and no cold calling in the world would work. No. Right. So I said, can you make an introduction? He's absolutely. And in this case, we actually made the introduction and uh, I said, and how do you know him? And he goes, Oh, both our boys have juvenile diabetes. We've been in the same group since they were, it wasn't even a professional relationship. It was a personal relationship. Mm. I was still sitting with my client when Rob Curley responded back and said, Sure, Monday morning, 10 a.m. <laughs> it was the fastest appointment I ever got. Yeah. And when I got there, and he knows I tell the story, by the way. And when I got there, he says, all right, go. So I said, well, why am I here? He goes, because Rob Petkov asked me to meet you. And if he asks me to do something, I'm doing it. I love that guy. <laughs> so I said, if I can show your commercial bankers how to do the same thing, right? And it was the fastest sale I ever made. So um, my point is... If you can leverage your relationships well, it can be a very fast outcome. Mm. Now, it took me a half hour to go through Rob Petco's connections till I found the people I wanted an introduction to. So I wasn't boom cold calling for 30 minutes. I was mining. I was right. having conversations with him about mm -hmm. So, you know, one, and I have many stories like that from my clients and other clients I've gotten all from buyer mapping, right? So what I would say is before you make your next cold call, number one, take inventory of your existing connections. You can export them into an Excel spreadsheet or search your connections with the first degree filter and start to take a look at who are you connected to that you should be having conversations with that you've ignored. I just should one more and then I have a client that through the pandemic closed a $1.5 million deal because she took inventory and saw someone that she worked with before was at a new company and reached out. So the taking inventory, it's so easy to do. And you're going to have at least 10% of your connections will be aha moments. Look where she is. Oh my God, I haven't talked to him in a while. Oh, I wonder what he's up to. Right. And we can reconnect with people that we've done business with, or at least know what a great job we can do.
So sorry, Ruben. I just kind of that out. was that was fantastic. That was really really powerful. I think it makes it so much more real when we when we hear an actual story where something like that happens. You know, I think that there's a there's a there's a almost like a, a DNA update, a DNA change that a lot of people have to go through in order to get to this level. Because I think what you're what you're benefiting from is goodwill. Mm. You have you've acquired goodwill through your network, you know, through the connections that you've made. You have you have love out there, as you call it. Right. And I think this all starts with the giver's mentality, you know. I think too many people are stuck in this taker's mentality where months, years go by of, of taking, taking information, taking value, not giving it, you know, whether it's simple as providing engagement, commenting on people's posts, liking people's posts, you know, providing support, helping share, you know, that type of giving is ultimately what drives to this benefit. I mean, this is biblical. <laughs> this goes back to the book and many books before that book, <laughs> you know, where, you know, it is in giving that we receive. And unfortunately, um, you know, I, I find a lot of people that find themselves in a hole. They're, they're, they're broken. They've lost their job. They've been let go. Their whole business has been disrupted. And they, they didn't invest into the network. They didn't invest into their community. And now when they need something, they just look like a taker when they're desperate. A, a mm. desperate taker is the worst type of taker. <laughs> you know, how do we get ahead of that problem? Well, we make it a point to spend 10%, 20% of our daily efforts giving, helping people. And I think that that's exactly what you said in the beginning, which is, you know, the great quote, which is give so much that you feel like you're giving away too much and then give more. What a beautiful quote. I, yep, Michael Port. Love Michael him. Port. Yep. Yeah. So that, by the way, my favorite TED talk of all times is Michael and Amy Port. Uh, I don't know the topic of it, but just their TED talk is the most entertaining and enlightening, not enlightening. I've had others that have been more enlightening, but my favorite one to watch. Mm. And that's Michael and Amy Port. Amy Port, yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, heroic public speaking. Yeah. They're amazing. I actually took their two day course, um, like live in person where we actually hugged people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Remember? I miss those days. <laughs> awesome. So where can we learn more about you? Where can we learn about your business, social sales link? Um, you know, drop, drop us some links. Um, let's, yeah, let's hear it. The best link, and um, there's two ways to get there, but linkedinlibrary.com. Mm -hmm. It's a free library of lots and lots of things, including this podcast will eventually get linked there because all of our public stuff goes into one hub. So there's tons of fun stuff there. Um, you could also go to socialsaleslink.com slash library if the redirect doesn't work well. Sometimes it gets blocked. Um, and I'm still the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn, which is awesome. Um, so you can find me there. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of around. Nice. Well, I encourage everyone to go and connect with Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn and search for her. There's some powerful, powerful information here that Bryn has been able to acquire in her career. And I, and I can just tell that if people spend a little bit of time with you, engage with your content, that they could save 
years <laughs> of bad bad practices, and that is the most expensive thing. And their reputation. Hmm. In fact, I totally agree with that. Well, Bryn, thank you so much for your time on the podcast here. We look forward to sharing both the, the full segment here and then also micro content clips. You're welcome to share those. Yeah. Um, stick around after, after I click this end button here and let's share some notes. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, likewise.